All the guys in the room know that when you have a car and you're in high school, it means one thing. It means you get girls, right? And so I had the car and I had a girl. I actually had a really hot girl. She was the captain of her uh, school's cheerleading squad. And so, um, you know, I was very proud of, of that. You know, I liked going out to Denny's after, you know, she had had a long day of cheering and, and, and all my friends seeing me like, you know, with a cheerleader in hand. And, uh, but here's the thing, because I worked so much, I never went to any of her games. And some of the women are going, boo. You know, I, I didn't. I, I'm sorry. And, and I loved her a lot. But I wasn't able to go to any of her games because I worked so much. And I actually, I, as the good boyfriend that I, I thought I was, um, I felt bad about that. I felt really bad. And, and it was the last game of the season. And I'm like, I got to figure out. I got to convince my dad to give me the day off. And I convinced him. And so I called my buddy. And I'm like, um, hey, uh, where's the game uh, for your school tonight? And he's like, oh, um, it's at 4.30, and it's on the corner of 27th and Sheridan. And I'm like, oh, I know exactly where that is. I'll get 95, get up on Sheridan, and I'll, I'll, I'll get right there. And I was so excited. You know, I, I really wanted to surprise her, and I wanted to get some brownie points. And so um, the day, the night before, I was on the phone with her, like a typical 16-year-old, you know, like talking on the phone. You know, after like 15 minutes, you got nothing to say, and it's like, uh, I love you. I love you too. Give me a kiss. How much do you love me? Oh, I love you so much. Oh, I love you so much. And then, and I had this bad habit. I don't know if this happened to anyone, but I would fall asleep sometimes. Right? And then she would start like, beep, 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 beep. And I would, oh, oh, babe, I was praying. <laughs> and uh, I was praying for you, you know. And, and after like the third time she woke me up, I'm like, uh, you know, honey, you know, you should go to sleep. You know, you have, you have the last game, you know. And she's like, yeah, you know, it's my last game. I really wish you were there. And I'm like, I know. And let me tell you, I felt really bad because I wanted to tell her that I was going to be there. But it would have ruined the surprise, you know. It would have been more, like, you know, more points if I would have showed up without her expecting me to get there. And so the day of the game is here. And I'm in school. I'm in HML sitting in my, in my class. And, and those, that second hand couldn't go any slower. Like, boof, boof. Like, boom, and I'm like, oh, I can't take it anymore. And finally, 2.30 comes. I jump into my green pickup, pop a cassette in the cassette player, get on the palmetto. All right, I actually had some bazookas, so I cranked the bazookas up, you know. And, and I'm driving on the palmetto. I get on I-95. I'm going north. I get up on Sheridan. And it only took me about an hour because with the traffic and stuff to get there. So I'm like, man, I'm going to show up an hour early. So her bus is going to pull in, and guess who's going to be sitting right by the door? Me. You know, she's going to, like, melt in my arms. And an hour goes by after I get there. Now it's 4.30. The game starts at 4.30, and I still can't find the corner of 27th and Sheridan. And I keep driving and driving, and I don't see a gym anywhere. And like a typical dude, I don't want to stop and ask anyone for directions. And so you're probably thinking, Mark, why didn't you just text someone or call someone? And here's the thing. This story is taking place in the 90s. The only thing I had on me was this right here. This beeper right here. Let me tell you something about a beeper, those of you that don't know what it is. You can't call anybody on this. And when you're 16, the only thing this is good for is your mom to drive you crazy beeping you all the time. All right? And so, you know, the only people that had beepers back then were like drug dealers and like, um, you know, contractors and stuff. And they were like the size of a lunchbox. You know, and so 
Not only did I not have a way to communicate, all the people that were with her, all my buddies, nowadays six-year-olds got cell phones. Nobody had cell phones, and so I couldn't call anyone. I didn't even know really what a, how a cell phone worked. So I pull into a gas station, and, and I tell the guy in the gas station, I'm looking for the gym on the corner of 27th and Sheridan. And he's like, I don't know, but there's a gym down the street. Just make this turn over there, boom, boom. And so I follow his instructions, and I get there. And, man, this, I get to this gym, and it's like run down, like bad. I'm like, oh, maybe this is like a service basketball game and they're going to like do something good for the community i walk in absolutely not the gym where they were at and so i run back into my car i get in and i start looking and turning and i can't find it and finally i see a cop and i'm like oh i'm going to ask the cop how to get there so i walk up to the cop and i'm like i'm looking for the gym on the corner of 27th and sheridan he's like man there's no gym there he's like are you sure it's sheridan street and i'm like i don't know he goes, I think the gym you're looking for is on the corner of 27th and Sheridan Avenue in South Beach. And I'm like, oh, man. And here I am, 16 years old. I'm like, ah, you know. He's like, you're really, really far. And it's like, you know, a traffic is crazy. It's Friday afternoon. You're, you're not going to get there on time. And he's like, do you know how to get there? I'm like, no, he's just take A1A all the way. You can imagine all the lights that I got, the traffic that I got. And finally, I get to the corner of 27th and Sheridan Avenue, and guess what I drive up to? The bus with the cheerleaders and the basketball team driving away. I was like, man, you know, all this effort and all. You know, you know what it worked out? If I would have told her I was going, and then all this happened to me. But it was like, eh, you know what I mean? I struck out. I went the wrong way. I was in the wrong county. You see, we've all taken a wrong turn. All of us have been lost. And nowadays, with the latest technology, people still get lost. Maria, that did the connection card earlier today, told me that this week, her iPhone GPS sent her to the wrong place. Right? Even with the latest technology, we still get lost. And there's nothing more frustrating than not being able to get where you want to go. There's nothing more heartbreaking than letting people down because you don't know how to get them where they need to be. Having direction in life is something that all of us want. Being able to get to the place we're supposed to be at. Being able to accomplish great things is actually in the hearts of every single person. And you know why? Because God created us that way. God put the desire to achieve and the desire to get to places and to be someone inside of all of our hearts. However, the problem is that many times we don't achieve these goals because most people spend their entire life trying to attain something that they can't reach. They fall short. And many of us spend our entire lives sitting on the couch because we think we're not capable of doing it. We see the problem is that God wants to use us, but we don't believe it. Or we look at ourselves and we think, man, I'm completely inadequate. There is no way that I got any kind of talent that God could do anything with me. Or maybe you're too, you feel too sinful or you have too much shame and you're like, there's no way that God can use somebody like me. And you know what? For thousands of years, people like you and, and, and me, like a lot of us in this room, had no access to God. People like us, like, like what the Bible likes to call Gentiles, there was no way that they could have access to God. They were hopeless. They were lost. They were living with no direction. And today we will learn that there is hope and that God has a plan for all of us. Today we will begin to understand what the calling of God is 
for us in our lives. And let's begin reading in the book of Ephesians, chapter 2, starting in verse 11. Be up on your screen and then in your outline. It says this, Don't forget that you Gentiles used to be outsiders. You were called uncircumcised heathens by the Jews. You were proud, who were proud of their circumcision, even though it only affected their bodies and not their hearts. In those days you were living apart from Christ. You were excluded from citizenship among the people of Israel. And you did not know the covenant promises God had made to them. You lived in this world without God and without hope. But now you have been united with Christ Jesus. Once you were far from God, but now you have been brought near to Him through the blood of Christ. For Christ Himself has brought peace to us. He united Jews and Gentiles into one people. When His own body on the cross, He broke down the wall of hostility that separated us. He did this by ending the system of the law with, with its commandments and regulations. He made peace between Jews and Gentiles by creating in himself one new people from two groups. Together as one body, Christ reconciled both groups to God by means of his death on the cross. And our hostility towards each other was put to death. He brought this good news of peace to you Gentiles who were far from him and peace to the Jews who were near. Now all of us can come to the Father through the same Holy Spirit because of what Christ has done for us. If you pause and give me your attention. Before Jesus' sacrifice on the cross, a lot of people thought that it was impossible to reach God. You see, here's the thing. There was only one person that was able to go into the presence of God once a year and intercede for the children of Israel. And here the Apostle Paul is telling us that the hostility is over, that Christ broke that, and now we can have direct access to God. And you see, in ancient times, to think this, for some people, it would be blasphemy. But today, not only can we have a relationship with God, but God wants to speak to us. God wants to lead us. God wants to show us what His will is for our lives. He wants us to know that we have a special calling from Him, each and every one of us. And I want you to write this in in your outline. God has big plans for you. There's some of you here today that are probably thinking just like the Gentiles did, there's no way that God can use me. There's no way that God can do anything with my life. And today, you couldn't be further from the truth. It's like the first time I went bungee jumping. I thought I couldn't do it. Not only did I think I couldn't do it, my parents told me that I couldn't do it. My girlfriend, the cheerleader, the cute cheerleader said, if you do this, you don't love me. All right? Look at the pressure that I was under. And one day, I, I was in a, in a band when I was growing up, and we were playing at an amusement park. And here are the perks. If you're in the band, and you play at an amusement park, you get to write everything for free. Not only can you write everything for free, you don't have to make lines. Right? And so we cut all the lines. So you can imagine, we were riding rides all day long. And at the end of the day, my, my buddies are like, hey, uh, you know, what you ride? And I told them, we wrote some stuff together. We wrote some stuff separate. And I'm like, oh, I did everything. And they're like, did you bungee jump? I didn't see you bungee jump. And I'm like, nah, bro, there's no way that I can do that. And they're like, man, you could do it. Come on, man, you could do it. I'm like, nah, nah, I can't do it. They're like, come on, don't be a chicken. Do it, do it. And, you know, we're a bunch of guys. You know how guys are. And, and, and I, I gave in and I got strapped up. And this crane starts pulling me up into the sky. And I'm thinking, no way, I'm going to die up here. You know, and, and I remember seeing the people getting smaller and smaller and smaller. And when I thought they couldn't hear me anymore, I started crying for my mom. Mommy, help me. Right. And I'm going up and higher and higher and higher. And then when I get up there, the thing stops. Like, boosh. 
You know, it was like this big jerk. And, um, and then the thing doesn't drop you, the one that I was on. You have to pull like a ripcord, like if you have a parachute. Okay, so I was mortified. I was literally trembling. I thought I was going to throw up. And so, you know, and I can hear people going, go, do it, you know, like from far. And so I'm like, okay, one, two, no. And like the blood's rushing to my head, but I was like, one, two, no. And by this time, word had gotten out that I was up there, and some of the people that saw me perform were like out there going, go, 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 do it, do it, do it. And the drummer in my band, he was like the joker in the band. He starts going, you can do it, you know. And so finally, I mustered up the courage, and I pulled that ripcord, and I plummeted. I was like, and I landed. And I thought I was going to die, but you know what? That was 10 years ago, and here I am right now. I'm alive. And they were right. I can do it. I was able to do it. There's nothing better than conquering something that you thought you were incapable of doing. There's not a bigger sense of gratification than the success of something that people told you that you could not do. See, today I want to help you understand that God has a special calling for you, and God wants to use you. And so the question today is, how can I fulfill that calling? Well, the first thing I want you to write in your outline is we need to obey God. We need to obey God. The Bible teaches us, and we all know the story of Jonah, right? Some of you saw the VeggieTales movie. God's calling Jonah, and he's saying, Jonah, I want you to go preach to the people of Nineveh. And what did Jonah say? No way, God. There's no way that I'm going there. I hate those people. I'm not going to do it. And not only did he say no to God, he ran from the will of God. He ran away from God. And we know what ends up happening to him. A big fish eats him up and spits him up on the beach of Nineveh. See, a lot of times we wonder why our life is so messed up. We wonder why things aren't going the way that we planned, the way that we wanted them to turn out. And it's because we're running from the will of God. We're disobeying God. See, um, I have two kids. I talk about them all the time when my first kid was born. Every once in a while, this is what daddy duty is, like, hey, honey, did he poop? Right? And usually when your wife says, did he poop, she knows he pooped. She just wants you to check so you can change him. And those of you that don't have kids, I'm filling you in, all right? And so she would always go, honey, did he poop? And I, I had this bad habit of just sticking my finger in there and seeing if he had pooped. And she would go, babe, don't do that. One day you're going to regret it. And you know what? She was right. One day I stuck my finger in the diaper, and guess what? I pulled out a Hershey's kiss, all right? Actually, actually, it wasn't a Hershey's kiss. It was actually more like hot fudge. And here's the thing. There's a lot of us walking around with hot fudge all over us. And our lives are crappy. You know why? Because we don't obey God. Do you want to begin to fulfill the calling of God in your life? Obey God. John 14, 15 says this. If you love me... You will obey what I command, period. That's God talking to us today. The second thing we need to do is we need to trust God. You see, God sometimes is going to tell us to do things that we think we're incapable of doing, that we think there's no way that I can do that, there's no way I could sustain that, or I'd rather do something else. You know, the Bible tells us of a man named Moses, one of the most influential men in the history of the world. All right? A pillar in the Jewish faith, a pillar in the Christian faith, even admired in Islam. He led the children of Israel out of Egypt. He parted the Red Sea, 
wrote the Ten Commandments. All right, he's credited for being the author of five of the books in the Bible. Exodus 33, 11 says, So the Lord spoke to Moses face to face as a man speaks to his friend. God spoke to Moses face to face. All right, it's not like Moses ate some bad matzah one night and it's like, oh, I think God wants me to go over there or go do this. No, no, no. God spoke to him face to face. And you know what Moses said to God when God said, hey, I need you to do this? He said, sorry, Lord, I can't do it. Not only can I not do it, but here's the thing. I just got this speech impediment. I got a problem talking, you know. And, uh, and, and not only did he have a problem talking, Moses was a murderer. He was living in exile in the desert because he killed someone. And they were looking for him. This is the guy. And God used him to do incredible things. You know why? Because he trusted God. He trusted that God was going to accomplish through him what God was calling him to do. See, God has a special calling for you. And it doesn't matter what your background is. It doesn't matter where you were born. It doesn't matter if you're a new Christian. God wants to use you right now in this very moment. He has big plans for your life. All you need to do is obey Him and trust Him so that you can fulfill God's purpose in your life. And one more thing is you need to recognize God. You need to recognize God. See, many people don't know that God is calling them because they don't recognize Him when He's calling. Just like young Samuel one night, God calls him and he's like, Samuel, Samuel. And Samuel has no idea that it was the voice of God. And there are times in our life when God's trying to talk to us, but we're so distracted. There's so many things going on in our life. Our head is in so many different places that we don't distinguish. We don't recognize that it is God that is trying to talk to our lives. Sometimes I, I talk to Christians, people that come to this church, and it's like, Mark, you know, I don't know what God wants me to do. Or like, Mark, I don't hear God's voice anymore. And the reason you don't hear God anymore is because you don't recognize Him when He's calling. You see, most of the time when I walk into the church office, I try to trick the people that are in there, and I start going, Flores, get it, Flores, flowers, anybody want flowers? Or, or I'll go like this, yo, anybody want to wash their car? Five dollars, I'll wash your car. And you know what? I can't trick them, because they know my voice. Even when I try to disguise it, they recognize who I am. We work about eight hours a day plus together. Some of them have been with me for years. And so they recognize who I am. However, happy days for me is when there's a volunteer in the office. And I'll walk in and I'll go, empanadas, empanadas, anybody want empanadas? And the volunteers will run to the door, empanadas, with their money at hand. And then they'll be like, oh man, it's just Mark, you know? And you know why they don't recognize me? It's because they don't spend enough time with me. See, there's a lot of us walking around life thinking God is not talking to me and you know what God is there and the reason why we don't recognize him is because we don't spend quality time with him and the way that we do this is by praying by reading our Bible by coming to church regularly by being involved in growth groups being involved by serving in church Jeremiah twenty nine thirteen says you will seek me and find me when you search for me with all of your heart You'll find God. You want to find God? You want to know what, your, what His will in your life is? Look for Him with all of your heart, with all of your attention, with all of who you are. Search for God and you will find Him. J. 
James 4, 8 says this, draw near to God and he will draw near to you. At times we feel lost and we wonder, man, God left me. Let me tell you something. The Bible teaches us that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. God promises that he will never leave you and he will never forsake you. But you know what happens? We drift away from God. We walk away from the Lord. And then we wonder, why are these things happening to me? A few years ago, Leilani and I were in Atlanta with Pastor Bob and Carrie. And, um, you know, let's give it up for Bob again. Everybody put your hands together. Incredible, incredible worship leader. Actually, I snuck out from the back and I was standing right there and, and, and I was worshiping God. He did a great job leading us. Bob's actually a very talented musician. Um, he was in two very uh, successful bands. One of them had a national recording deal and they toured all over the country and he has music videos and records. I mean, he's done a lot of stuff musically. We can't deny that. However, being in a car with Pastor Bob makes you think, all right, deep down in your soul that at any moment you're going to see Jesus face to face. Okay? Not only is he an aggressive driver, he loves shortcuts. All right? He loves to take shortcuts. And one of these nights in Atlanta, we went out to eat, you know, husband, wife thing, double date. And uh, we had a great dinner and, and we ate too much and we wanted to have dessert. And, but, you know, we had to walk it off. So we went to a mall. And we started walking around the mall, had some ice cream, and then they kicked us out because the mall was closing. And um, it was like, you know, it was late. And, and when we get in the car, Bob's like, you know what, I'm going to take the shortcut. You know, get there faster. I'm not going to go the way we came. And I'm thinking, oh, no. Right? And so we get in the car. And, and, and I was a little confident because, you know what, the car had OnStar. So I'm like, you know, worst case, we call OnStar, right? So we're in the car. And Bob's driving for like an hour. And I say, yo, Bob, uh, isn't this the fourth time we drive by this same building? And he's like, no, 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 man. You know, buildings in, in Georgia, they all look the same. They're all made of brick. Right? And, and I'm like, nah, bro, I could swear that was the same building that we just passed it for the fourth time. He's like, nah, 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 bro, we're almost there. You don't realize how far we were. And we keep driving and driving. And I'm like, bro, you know where you're going? He's like, yeah, yeah, I know, I know. We'll be right there in a couple minutes. And then we hit a dead end. Complete dead end. And I'm like, Bob, can you just call OnStar? I mean, please, just call. He's like, well, I'm not going to do it. If you want, you do it. And so I press the OnStar button, and the OnStar lady comes out, and she's like, you know, OnStar, may I? Uh, and she's like hesitating. And I'm like, why is she hesitating? And she goes, where are you guys? <laughs> and here's the thing. We all started cracking up just like you. And then we, we told her, that's why we called you. You're OnStar. You're supposed to know. And see, God is calling us today. And sometimes we feel lost. Because we've taken the wrong turn. We've gone our own way, just like I did. You're in Sheridan Street, and you're supposed to be in Sheridan Avenue. You're in Broward County, and God wants you to be in Dade County. He's telling you, yo, it's over here. And yet for you, it's more comfortable. It's where you want to be. It's what you think you want to do. And, and you're over on the other side. See, today, God has a calling for all of us. And the first thing, the first calling is to share the gospel. First thing that God has called every single Christian is to share the good news of Jesus. Mark 16:15 says, "Go into all the world and preach the good news to everyone." And this is God saying this to every single person that believes in Christ. You're called to share the gospel. You're thinking, "Well, Mark, I can't do that. I'm just not like a people person. I'm not like you. I can't talk as much as you talk. There's no way that I can do that." And you know what? God will give you the words that you need to share. 
But the way that you live your life, the way that you act, the way that you act at work, your integrity preaches Jesus. And when people look at you, what are they reading? Are they hearing the gospel of Christ or are they hearing something completely different? Start there. And little by little, God will give you the words to share. And you, in the meantime, have been building a platform with the people that observe you to share the gospel of Jesus. I know a lot of people that have big mouths. And, you know, you're next to them in the grocery line. They're like, hey, are you going to hell? Yo, I'm just here to get milk. You know what I mean? People that are bold like that and God bless them. But, hey, there's some of us that don't, that, that aren't as aggressive as that. But you know what? God is still calling you to share the gospel. God is still calling you to talk to people in your family, in your job, in your neighborhood about Jesus and what Jesus has done for you. And if you're living it, it's easy to share it. If you're living the gospel, it's easy to talk about it. If you're a Miami Heat fan, it's easy to talk about LeBron James and Dwayne Wade and, and Bosch and how we're going to win seven times. It's easy to talk about that stuff if you're into it. If you're into Jesus, it's easy to talk about Jesus. The second thing that God is calling to us to do is to serve him. He's calling us to serve him. Don't wait around with the excuse that you're waiting on God to get involved in ministry. Begin serving God. And while you're spending time with him, he will speak to you. He might want you to be doing something for a season that you feel totally uncomfortable doing. He may want you serving him at a capacity that you feel, man, this is beneath me. I, Mark, how can I do this? God may want you there because he's preparing you for greater things. I run into people all the time. They're saying, hey, Mark, what do I need to do so that I can know what God's calling me to do? What, what, what's my next step? And I'm like, you know what? Serve God. Be faithful where you're at. And in the midst of that faithfulness, in the midst of serving God at that capacity, God will speak to you. God will see your loyalty. God will see your faithfulness. And he will speak into your life. See, it's important that we serve God. Philippians 2 says this. Think the same way Christ Jesus thought. Christ was true, through, uh, truly God, but he did not try to remain equal with God. Instead, he gave up everything and became a servant. Jesus gave up everything to serve. See, there's a difference from serving than to doing whatever you want for God. There's a big difference from serving God. See, serving takes sacrifice. Serving takes doing what you don't want to do sometimes. The Bible tells us a story about a rich young ruler that wanted to follow Jesus. And he said, Jesus, what do I need to do? I'm obeying the commandments. I'm doing what do I need to do? And Jesus said, you know what? Sell everything that you have and follow me. It's not easy sometimes to follow God. It's not easy sometimes to serve the Lord. But let me tell you, the reward is great. And the time will come when you will reap that harvest that you've been so working for so hardly. See, the next thing God is calling us to do is to not give up. Don't give up. Serve the Lord and be faithful where he has placed you. Galatians 6, 9 says this, And let us not grow weary from doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart. God is saying here, don't get tired of doing good. And if you don't give up, you will reap the harvest. See, today maybe some of you are feeling like Moses and saying, Mark, you know what? I'm just not cut out for it. I can't do it. I have a terrible memory. I have a bad attitude. Mark, I have this, this impediment. I, I can't do this. I'm super shy. You know what? God wants to use you with your faults, with your mistakes, 
with everything that you've done in life. God wants to get that and do something amazing with you. You see, when Moses trusted God, God used Moses to make a mark in history that no one has been able to erase because he trusted in God. See, maybe there's some of you here today that are just flat out saying, you know what, God? No. You're not even coming up with excuses. You're just saying flat out, no, there's no way, God, that I'm going to serve you. There's no way that I'm going to do your will. I'm just not going to do it. And you're running from God. You know, maybe you, you come to church and, and you obey the law. You pay your taxes. You're a good dad. You're a good mom. But that's, that's where it ends. That's where your commitment with God ends. And you know what? I got something to tell you. God's will is going to happen with or without you. What the Lord wants to do here in, in our church, in the world, in, in ev- wherever it is that God wants to do it, if He wants to do it, it's going to happen. However, the problem is if you don't jump in and be a part of the will of God, you are going to lose the blessing. You are the one that's going to be hurt by the fact that you don't want to obey God. God wants to bless you in incredible ways, and you're missing out because you refuse to do His will. Hey, and maybe there's others of you that God's going, Hello, it's me. It's God. I'm here. Do you hear me? But there's so many things going on in your life right now that you don't hear His voice. You're so distracted by so many things that you don't recognize the call of God. Maybe you're here today and you're guilt-ridden. Maybe you grew up your entire life and people told you you're not going to amount to anything. Or people said to you that you were not good enough. Or you look in the mirror and you're like, there's no way that, that God can use me. And you know what? God wants to use you. Not only will He use you, His desire is for you to be used by Him. His desire is for you to fulfill your purpose in this life, what He created you to be. The things that he would love for you to do in the name of Christ. God wants you to accomplish those things. And see, I'm so passionate about this. And I've been talking about it now for like, what, a little over 30 minutes because that's my story. That's, that, that's what happened to me. See, when I was 10 years old, and some of you may, may think this is weird. When I was 10 years old, I know God had called me to be a pastor. At 10 years old. At about 11 years old, I started preaching in churches with three, 400 adults. All right, this little kid with a tie and a suit preaching. And as the years went by, I started to think that maybe that was just a phase I was going through as a kid. You know, that just like my, my sons think they're Buzz Lightyear and, you know, Superman and Spider-Man, that, that that was what I did. You know, when I was a kid, I just, I wanted to be a preacher. And as the years went by, I never walked away from God, but, but I was running from His calling in my life. There was times in my life when I thought, there's no way that I'll ever work at a church. There's no way that I could be part of organized religion. But I love God, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to create my own ministry. So I started this Christian band. And we traveled and we played locally. We recorded albums. We did all this stuff. And, and when I wanted to play somewhere, I said yes to gigs. When I didn't, when I wanted to do whatever I wanted, I said no. When I was too tired to go to practice, I would call the guys up and say, yo, I'm not making it. It was my band. I was doing what I wanted to do when I, when I wanted to do it, but it was for God. So that was like my, my cop-out, and at times God used me to do things, but it wasn't what He was calling me to do. And then actually one, one Wednesday, uh, my band got invited to, to uh, perform at Calvary Fort Lauderdale, and um, we performed, and it was actually the same Wednesday that the church brought Pastor Bob 
on the stage and said, uh, this is Pastor Bob and Carrie, and it was Bob Coy up on the stage introducing them to the church and said, um, you know, they're starting a church in Miami Lakes. And if you're in Miami Lakes, you should go to that church. And let me tell you, that was like the anvil that falls on the cartoons. You know, it was like the Lord going, Bush. And I was like terrified. I'm like, God, no, you know, give me a couple more years with the band. Let me get like a Grammy or something before. And um, you know what? I went to the first service of Calvary Fellowship, of our church. And, and I was in there. It was a packed house in this hotel room lobby. And um, there was no seat. So I ended up sitting on the floor behind Pastor Bob. Some think it was the best seat in the house. Um, I probably didn't think so at the time. And as I was preaching, God was talking to my heart. And God, I felt the Lord telling me, this is where you're going to serve me. You're going to leave your job. You're going to quit your band. And you're going to serve me here. And I said, no way. No way. I kept coming to church, but I sat on the chair closest to the door. And every time service was over, I'd run out of there as fast as I could. I, I would say hi to people in the parking lot and, and get in my car and leave. And I didn't know this, but now that, you know, I'm on the other side, there was these jokes that they would say about me. You know, someone has to catch the singer. That's what they called me, the singer. Right? And because Bob, he's a great musician. You guys saw him up here. He would lead worship, take his guitar off, and preach. And, um... You know, I thought that worked well for them. But one day, they sent one of the ushers to the door. And they said, hey, when I'm done, the singer is going to run out. Don't let him get out. And so, as they were in Jesus' name, amen. Have a great weekend. Boom, I was out the door. And the usher was there. He didn't let me get out. And I'm like, hey, can I get out? And he's not even looking at me. He's like looking, you know. And they got me, and they started talking to me. And that same day, they're like, hey, you know, Bob's going to be out of town. You think you can lead worship? I'm like, sure, I'll help you guys out. And so I helped them out. A couple of weeks went by, and I started sitting again in the church. And, and then Bob asked me, hey, uh, do you want to sing backup for me? I know what you guys are thinking. You singing backup for Bob? You sing so much better than Bob. <laughs> I thought the same thing. <laughs> But that's where, that's where I was, and, and I was singing back up for Bob. And, and then one day, when I became friends with Bob, Bob's like, hey, why don't you want to become the worship leader? We're looking for a worship leader. And I'm like, oh, Bob, don't you know that God has bigger things for me? You know, God has bigger things for me. God has given me the gift of an evangelist to preach to, to thousands of people and stuff. And he's looking at me and going, all right, you know. And so, but I kept on, you know, serving when it was convenient for me, you know, just showing up, singing backup for Bob. And then one day he comes to my office at my business and go, you know, we're talking about stuff and says, hey, so um, have you thought about it? You know, this was a long time after. Do you want to be the worship leader? And I said, Bob, I love you. You're my friend, but I can't do it. You know, God has other plans for me. Believe me, I've prayed about it. And, and now that I, I'm, I, I consider Bob one of my, my closest friends, I can't imagine how much that probably hurt him to be rejected, not once, but twice, right? And um, time went by. I kept on singing back up. And one day we're in band practice, Bob and me, and a guitar. And, and um, after practice, I'm in my car, and I'm listening to the music that he gave me. And, man, I just broke down. And God started saying, why are you running from me? Why are you running from me? And I wanted to test and make sure it was God. So I asked some of my friends, hey, I think God wants me to be the worship leader at the church. Pastors asked me, they like, you can't do that, Mark. You can't do that. You know, you're a good singer, but you don't play an instrument. 
And, and, and I'm like, yeah, you're 21. Your time to learn how to play an instrument is gone. And I'm like, yeah, you're probably right. Thanks, you know. And then I talked to more people, people that I cared about. No, you can't do it, man. You know, imagine, like, you're going to be singing with a microphone and Bob, the pastor, is playing the guitar, and then he takes it off, and he preaches. Just, it's not going to work. And I believed them. And then after, God beat me up again, you know. And, and I felt the call of God, and, and I said, hey, Bob, I, I need to talk to you. And, 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 and he came, he's like, hey, what's up, man? And um, he's like, you know, looking at me, I'm looking at him, and I'm saying, I'm, I'm sorry. He's like, for what? I'm like, because... I said no to you. You know, God wants me to be the worship leader at this church. And he's like, oh, that's awesome, Mark. And, you know, and, and we were both happy. And I'm like, hey, but wait, there's one more thing. God wants me to play guitar. <laughs> and he's like, uh, how are you going to do that? You don't even own a guitar. I'm like, yeah, but if you say yes, I'm going to go to the music store and buy a guitar today. And you know what? Here I am. It's been about nine years since that conversation. And I play guitar, and God is using me to do great things for His glory. But you know what? That was one of the best decisions that I ever made in my entire life, to stop running from God and to surrender myself to God and say, God, I'm sorry because I messed up. I'm sorry because I've been trying to do things my way. I've been trying to serve you the way that's convenient for me. I've been trying to do what you want me, what I wanted to do instead of what you want me to do and see my friends were right I, I didn't know how to how to play an instrument i was lacking in certain areas of my life like maybe some of you here today feel like you're inadequate you can't do certain things let me tell you what what god says he says now to him who is able to do immeasurably you guys know what immeasurably means that means you cannot measure what god is ready to do for you more than all we can ask or imagine, according to his power that is at work within us, to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus throughout all generations forever and ever. Amen. That means that it doesn't matter where you are today. Right now, where you're sitting, it doesn't matter where you find yourself today. God is ready to do something amazing with you. You see, we talked about Samuel, and God called him three times, and he had no idea it was God. But the fourth time, he said these words. He said, Lord, speak, for your servant is listening. And see, you guys can do that today. Maybe you've been going through a season in your life where, where yeah, you thought you were doing the right thing by doing what you want to do. But today, you want to fulfill the calling of God in your life, and you may have no idea what it is. And God is calling out to you this mo today, this morning. And He wants to use you, and all you have to do is say, Lord, Speak, for your servant is listening. If you could bow your heads. There's probably some of you here today that before you heard this message, you had a feeling God couldn't use you because of something in your life. Maybe it's sin. Maybe it's some, some type of impediment like, like Moses had. Maybe it's your mind that you think, man, there's just no way that God could do anything with me. And you've been telling yourself that. God is here today and he wants to do something amazing with you. And if you could just right now just talk to God and say, Lord, speak to me. God, what do you want me to do? How do you want to use me? What are the areas in my life, Lord, that maybe I need to change to be a better servant? Maybe there's some of you that have been living that life. You're, you're doing the Christian thing. 
But you refuse to get involved with what God is doing. You refuse to take that next step. And maybe for you, it's, it's begin to serve here at the church. And, you, and you're just trying to escape that the same way I did for such a long time. I didn't want the commitment. And God today is tugging at your heart. And maybe for others of you, yeah, it's great. It's something big that God wants you to do. And today, I want to give you the opportunity to tell God, God, speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. And so if you're here today and you want God to speak into your life, if you're here today and you recognize that for a season in your life you were running from the calling of God, for a season in your life you were being disobedient, or maybe you weren't trusting God, but today you want to make it a point to stand up for Jesus and to begin to follow Jesus wherever he may lead you, regardless if you want to be there or not. This is not an easy decision to make. But I know that there's people in this room that God wants to use to do incredible things, and I want to pray for you. And if you're here today, I just want to invite you to stand up so I can pray for you right where you are. Just stand to your feet and say, God, here I am. Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. Use me, God, to do great things for your glory. I've been running. Or maybe I thought I couldn't do it. God, use me today. Hey, if some of your friends have, have stood up, I, I just want to invite you, just put your armor on them and, and pray for them too as, as I pray now. If you know anybody, or just, just pray for them. Put your arm on them. And let's pray. Dear God, I pray for all these awesome people that have stood up in front of their peers, in front of their friends to say, you know what, God, speak to me. Send me wherever you want to go. Ask me to do whatever you want me to do, and I am going to do it, Lord. Forgive me for my pride. Forgive me for ignoring you. Forgive me for having so many distractions in my life to keep me away from your purpose, from your will. Lord, I thought you weren't speaking to me, but I recognize that it was me that I drifted away from you, that I was ignoring your call. Use me, Lord. Speak into my life. In Jesus' name, amen.